0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you, Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are the Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you so let's talk some dynasty episode number 253 we're going to do week 11 review uh big, big time man it's getting really close to the playoffs here so pretty fun i know things are going well for me my good teams are continue to win and my bad teams continue to lose so that's been a pretty fun uh situation for me as dynasty freaks we know that winning cannot be winning losing can be winning and so it's been a blast uh week 11 was definitely not the the most exciting week Definitely not as exciting as last week's action, but there were some close games, even though they were low-scoring. Injuries, you know, put a damper on the week for sure, particularly from the first game of the week, and just continued, so that was super disappointing. But the NFL and Dynasty teams, you know, you got to move on with the guys that you have that are available. Hopefully backups on Dynasty rosters can carry teams to wins, like some of them did even this week, and then NFL, we'll see. But I followed all the games uh this last week and so here's some of my dynasty takes from the week i like to try to get a chance to talk about teams or players that i haven't talked about in re- recent weeks so mix it up a little bit that way we'll talk to you some about the waiver wire this week maybe a few players you might consider adding and then there were four trades that took place in my leagues this week two of them were pretty crazy trades like i don't approve like i not i don't think it was a good idea for one of the managers on each side so it'll be fun Let's start with Week 11 observations. We'll start with the, the sad news. I'll just call it Thursday disappointment. Uh, sadly, the week began with a huge disappointment. The matchup between the Bengals and the Ravens on Thursday was supposed to be the best, you know, Thursday night matchup that we've had in weeks, and it promised lots of fantasy goodness. But excitement turned to despair when Mark Andrews and Joe Burrow got injures, injured, and now we know. Now we know that they're out for the remainder of the season. It really stinks to lose players that are vital to your fantasy playoff runs. And the players, that you know, that, it also stinks that there's players, so many other players are affected by the loss, particularly of the starting quarterback. Burrow's injury, you know, it's a blow to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon managers for sure, because they're going to have far fewer scoring opportunities than they would have with Burrow leading the offense. offense. They're good enough players, you know, probably to still have some spike weeks, just like uh, Saquon Barkley and Devontae Adams proved that they could do, as they played this week with their backup quarterbacks, uh, still, it's a significant downgrade to their fantasy floor each week. Week to week, it's going to be more difficult. I know I have T. Higgins in two leagues, and I have Joe Mixon in three, and I'm in first or second place and vying for playings, playoff spots in all those leagues. And I know that my chances I look at consider that they took a pretty big blow on Thursday night. And for uh, other managers, I know you feel the same. I actually traded a 2024 first-round draft pick for Mark Andrews about a month ago, in a league where I'm tied for first place, thinking that he would help put me over the top. That was my weakest position. But now he's going to be sorely missed on that team as I continue to make my playoff run. Injuries stink. Thursday was a huge uh, disappointment. Doesn't really hurt the dynasty value of any of those players, but it hurts the players pretty bad surrounding what's going to take place the rest of this season. Next I'll call, what seems like I could use this title every single week, is quarterback shuffle. Uh, We also learned this last week that Deshaun Watson's injuries from Week 10... Could co- will cost him the rest of the season. Uh, pretty painful. And not only that, the Browns said that they plan to give uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, we'll call DTR, the starting role ahead of PJ Walker. Welcome, 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 welcome. One more quarterback to the shuffle and more players losing fantasy points for the rest of the season as a result. Oh man, for the rest of the season, Amari Cooper, uh, David Njoku, Jerome, Jerome Ford, they're going to be a lot harder to trust in dynasty lineups. Um, Going back to the actual NFL, amazingly, DTR actually led his team to a game-winning drive on Sunday, so that was pretty cool. While it was definitely unimpressive from a fantasy standpoint, he got the job done for the Browns, at uh, at least. And uh, even that, it was against the Steelers, which is a really stout defense. I'm glad that the Browns went with DTR, because now we'll have a good amount of film to decide if he can become an NFL starter or not. He looked fantastic, if you remember, during the preseason. Um, terrible in the one game that he played, but granted he was told you know, just just before the game started that he was going to be playing that game. And then he looks, I'd just say, competent, maybe is the word in this game. Still, I'd, expre- I'd expect a lot less from the rest of the Browns players, maybe except David N- Njoku, who received more than 33% of DTR's targets uh, on Sunday. 15 targets. Any tight end that gets that percentage of the team's target share deserves to be in starting lineups. Thankfully for me, The league where I just told you that I lost uh, Mark Andrews and Joku is the next next man up on that roster, so it's definitely still a hit at the tight end position, but maybe it's not going to be as bad as it could have been. Man, these quarterbacks shuffling around and bringing down the value of everyone uh, as we make our playoff runs is pretty, pretty disappointing. I actually have DTR in a couple leagues and had him on my taxi squad, so it's going to be fun to see what he can do um, now that he's got this window of opportunity. Next, we'll call it a giant upset. There's one more quarterback uh, that we have to talk about, and his name is Tommy DeVito. After getting crushed by Dallas last week, he rebounded by smashing uh, the Commanders, throwing three touchdowns, and uh, I heard this crazy stat that in only three games, he's already had more multi-touchdown games than Kenny Pickett has had. Incredible. That's a terrible truth for Pickett managers. Sorry to be the bearer of that bad news. What's best, though, about this game was that how much he fed Saquon Barkley. Barkley He was the recipient of two of the touchdown passes, Uh, Barkley had a massive fantasy day with 28 points. Uh, Even though Barkley fits the category of players that I already described that are really hard to trust because of their quarterback play um, with the new backup quarterbacks in there, I actually grew in confidence this week after what he told reporters. He said that he loved his teammates too much to allow for the coaches to limit his workload. He said that he wanted to play even if the team was out of playoff contention. Or we know they're out of playoff contention. Let's say in case they were trying to tank or something like that. And he backed up his words. Uh, He really backed up his words. And I expect that he's gonna do so the rest of the season. Barkley is my RB2 in two of my leagues uh, where I'm in first place. And so I benched him in one of those leagues a week ago when they played Dallas because I just was so uncertain about how we would do. But this week I actually started both of them after hearing Barkley say and confirm that he does not want to be taken out of the game, that he wants to continue to contribute to this team. And so that's pretty exciting. Um, We'll see what happens. He definitely helped me as I put him in both of those starting lineups of those first-place teams, and I'm still going to be in first place because I have the leading score in each of those leagues this this, uh, week, so pretty exciting. I'm no longer afraid to use uh, his him. I'm no longer afraid of his fantasy floor, even with DeVito as his quarterback. Next we'll call a changing of the guard. Uh, there's some exciting changing of the guard on two teams that positively, for me, impact my teams for the for the goods. So that's exciting. In one case, uh, a player has taken over the leading role by his performance. In the other case, an injury has helped kind of move what maybe would be described as a cracked door to a wide open door now. I'm speaking about Jalen Warren. He was named the starter in the sense that he got to run out with the team, you know, during the introductions of the starting lineup. Uh, he was named the starter two weeks ago, ahead of Najee Harris. And he responded by having his first 100-yard rushing game. Well, he's, he's going to improve on it this week, because this week he improved on that by running for 129 yards, which Harris has only done once in his entire young career. I'm not going to knock Harris totally, but Harris does have, do some things well, enough to keep a role in the offense, but he can't do what, what Warren did on Sunday, which is break a 74-yard touchdown run. Najee Harris can't do that. This year so far, Warren averages 6.2 yards per carry this season, compared to Harris's 3.9. The stubborn, stubborn Steelers have finally moved to Warren, and this moved him and our fantasy lineups from kind of a startable flex play, particularly in PPR leagues, to now he could become an every week starter in every league. So it's pretty exciting. That's good for me because you know he's one of my most rostered players. If you follow me for very long, I have him in seven of my nine dynasty leagues. So thrilled to see this handing of the guard finally start to take place. The other changing of the guard is Zach Charbonnet over Ken Walker. Now Charbonnet outsnapped Walker each of the last two weeks, and then definitely this week because of the injury. Yeah, so the takeover was kind of already in motion, even though some of the snap counts are a little bit um, affected by the game script, because Charbonnet plays more on third downs and when the team is trailing, and so that's contributed to it. But still, uh, he had been getting more snaps, and then Walker let this week's game with an oblique injury, giving Charbonnet a window of time right now to prove that he can earn this full-time role. Now, the Rams uh, have the Seahawks number. They just always seem to find a way to beat them uh, since Sean McVay has been there. And so they stifled the offense this week, so not much happened in his, in his carries that he had this last week. And then sadly, Seattle's next three opponents are San Francisco, Dallas, and then San Francisco again. So two of the most formidable defenses they have to play. So I'm disappointed that when he first gets his chance to start, To earn a full-time role, it's going to be against defenses that are pretty solid. But I'm excited to see what he can do. I drafted him in three leagues, three rookie drafts last year, and I've just been waiting to put him in my starting lineups. In one deep league, I'm definitely going to start him this week. In the other two shallower leagues, um, I'm in first place in both of those leagues. Um, I think I'm going to wait, do like more of a wait-and-see approach, see what happens. I just think that Coach Carroll, he secretly wanted Charbonnet to get more and more significant role in the backfield. Well, Now he gets to see what happens. Uh, when he does. So excited about those two changings of the guard. Next, I'll call it a trouble brewing. Man, Chargers got a Charger, don't they? Chargers got a Charger. The Chargers lost again in a close game where they constantly shot themselves in the foot with penalties, drop balls, poor defense, awful coaching. Brandon Staley, he's going to be the next coach fired because this team is starting to turn against each other and they're going to turn against him. The frustration was most clearly expressed in a play uh, where the center. Uh, didn't snap the ball in time if you were watching this and they got to delay a game and right as the ball was being snapped to delay a game and Herbert took the ball just spiked it to the ground and started yelling at the center. He was perfectly expressing what all Chargers fans and Chargers dynasty managers feel every week. Somehow Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, they've kept their fantasy production going, just the two of them, uh, but in their dynasty value has stayed afloat because of it. But for Herbert, It feels like there's just even more meat on the bone that's just being wasted time and time again. Multiple players, including Keenan Allen this week, dropped passes. And they dropped them at key times of the game, when it's like third and long or third and short, or they're about to convert, and they just have to punt instead. And then Quentin Johnston did his typical thing. He dropped a perfect, perfectly thrown ball near the end of the game that was right in his hands. It's just pathetic. Even Austin Eckler this week uh, didn't look so good. He was kind of lumbering down the field on one play where usually he... Bursts for a touchdown, something's wrong there too. Before the season started, I fully expected that Kellen Moore would unlock the offense and make it kind of a top yardage team and a top scoring team, and he has improved them. They are 11th in yards per game. They're 8th in points per game, so they're doing well. It's the defense, which is Staley's specialty that's the problem. Uh, They should fire Staley now, let Moore take over as the interim head coach just to see if he has the chops to become a head coach. I hope they do that this week. (laughs) They really need to. Next, let's talk about uh, what I'll call old man strength. You know, I do this every week, try to talk about some players that are old men that are, are breaking out on the scene. First, uh, we'll talk about one that's been doing it all year, year, and then another that's been doing it the last few weeks. We'll talk first of Cortland Sutton. He scored a touchdown in each of the previous five games in a row. Crazy, one touchdown in each of the games, and he scored in eight of the 10 games this season. Amazing. He's on pace to have one of the best years of his career, and he's 28 years old. He's clearly Russell Wilson's top red zone target, and some of his touchdown catches this year have been incredible, including the one on Sunday night. Uh, Next Gen Stats actually deemed his touchdown last week as the most difficult reception of the season. It's, it's crazy. Sutton's production is definitely touchdown dependent. you got to be uh, real about that. But he's as, as consistent as he can be in his touchdown dependence, scoring 8 out of 10 games, like I said. Uh, he's second in the league in touchdown receptions. But he's only 37th in targets and 30th in yards. So before the week began, he was the 24th highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy, and that's just because of his scoring prowess, and it's been fun to watch. Dynasty managers, you know, should keep riding him while he's hot. If he's a, you know, wide receiver two or definitely is a wide receiver three range, just seems to be safely able to get a touchdown each week. Pretty fun to see him bounce back after some injuries uh, throughout his career. Hopefully this is the best year of his career. And then next guy at age 26 is Devin Singletary. He's taken full advantage of his time to you know be the starter ahead of Damien uh, Pierce uh, while he's injured these last two games were more productive than any that Pierce had this year and the team is just feeding Singletary amazingly 30 carries last week 22 this week and he's gone for over 100 yards in each game and a touchdown in each game he's averaging more than five yards per carry the Texans offense is on fire and they just need to stay in the flames right here and and by giving him the role and see you know even even if Pierce comes back healthy they need to keep giving it to Singletary Uh, He's never had a lead role since he entered the league in 2019, so I doubt that he's going to be able to keep this up, but the Texans should at least try it. Uh, Pretty fun to see these two old men contributing to teams, you know, far more than what dynasty managers expected uh, when the season started. All right, let's talk some waiver wire. Waiver wire this week. Uh, Just a few players that I'd suggest. Not much out there, but here's some that I would suggest for this week. First would be Jake Browning, uh, the new quarterback for the Bengals. Uh, Browning is, you know, one of the backup quarterbacks that's still available off the waiver wire in several of my superflex leagues. I think he's worth adding to rosters this week, even if the Bengals do decide to add a veteran quarterback uh, sometime this week as well. As we've already seen, backup quarterbacks can produce. <laughs> they did this last week. They can help fantasy teams, and so he's a player that I'm going to try to add in superflex leagues. Not so much interested in one quarterback leagues unless I was in a really bad situation. <laughs> Next would be Xavier, Xavier Gibson, the uh, wide receiver for the Jets. Gibson has really uh, established himself as a wide receiver three in New York, and this week he surpa- surpassed even Alan Lazard in snaps, making him the number two wide receiver on the team this last week as far as snap count goes. Gibson's, you know, not going to help any fantasy teams this year since the Jets are a complete wreck of an offense, but he's a great dynasty stash. I actually added in several several of my deep leagues last week when I was studying some of the snap count and realized how much more involved he's been in the offense in, in the last three weeks. Uh, Gibson is someone that they're starting to trust he was, you know, one of the rookie darlings in the Hard Knocks show this last this last year before the season started, uh, making him just a fun guy to stash and see what happens. Hopefully, Aaron Rodgers will come back, and maybe if that takes place, maybe if Gibson can earn this wide receiver two, a wide receiver three role, uh, things would change quite a bit for him. He's a rookie, so definitely a back end of the roster, last player on your roster. Uh, I added him a lot last week. Next is Tanner Hudson. I, I mentioned him last week, but I wanted to mention him again here since I've noticed that he really wasn't picked up in most of my leagues. He was picked up in all my dynasty or all my uh, Titan premium leagues, but in not many of my just normal, normal scoring leagues. Uh, he remains, certainly does remain in a three-way shuffle. His uh, snap percentage didn't increase much this week like I hoped it would be, but he is the one that's most productive in the passing game, albeit, you know, not as an exciting of a passing game with Browning at the qu- as his quarterback now. I'm interested in adding him just to see maybe if he can take over by the end of the year. He would definitely be an end-of-the-roster guy. And last guy I'll mention, <laughs> this is crazy, I'd never heard of this guy, Stone Smart with two R's. Stone Smart. <laughs> I have to admit that I did not know who Smart was when he scored a touchdown on Sunday. But with Gerald Everett injured this week, he actually received 35% of the team snaps behind Parham's, I think 72% for Parham. You know, I'm only interested in adding him in a tight end premium league. Or, you know, just want to at least keep him on my radar. Pretty interesting that a guy that I've never heard of scored a touchdown this week from uh, my man, Justin Herbert. Let's talk some trades. There were four trades that took place in my leagues. The first one was one that I uh, offered and got received, or or I offered and got accepted. Sam Howell for George Pickens. Sam Howell straight up for George Pickens. Now, this is a one quarterback league, obviously, but the manager that had Howell has Joe Burrow and CJ Stroud, and so... Uh, he has those two guys, and it doesn't doesn't really need to have a third solid quarterback like this, so he put him on the block just to see what kind of offers he might receive. And this is really good for me, but in that league, I had Justin Herbert as my starting quarterback, and I only have Taylor Heineke as my, as my uh, backup. That's pretty crazy. So I was in trouble in that league if Justin Herbert were to get hurt. I'm tied for first place in that league, uh, but my season would completely crumble if Herbert got injured, so... If you follow me, you know that I love Sam Howell. And so I was quick when he posted this, put the Howell on the trading block. I would quickly offer the manager Pickens for Howell. He thought about it for about a day and then ultimately accepted the offer. In a one quarterback league where he's likely, you know, to start Burrow or Stroud, a young wide receiver with the upside of Pickens is a pretty fair offer, I thought. Um, I'm loaded at wide receiver in that league. In fact, so loaded that I rarely start Pickens, even though we can start four receivers if we use our flex spot for a receiver. So I'm happy to give him away for Howell. Uh, Herbert and Howell. I like that. That's a great one-two punch for me in my lineup for the years to come. This trade was accepted two days before Burrow got injured, though. So now maybe the other manager might be having some buyer's remorse knowing that now he doesn't have Burrow and how he's just got a roll with C.J. Stroud. But hey, that's not a big problem if you got him for, for as your starter. He just won't have a backup. He'll, he finds himself in the same boat that I was in before him. This next trade was really weird. Desmond Ritter for Marcus Mariota. Doesn't that sound crazy this is strange trade no matter what but even worse in a uh, superflex league i just don't get it i'd understand why they did it perhaps but this is the deal the manager that traded for mariota has jalen hurts as one of the starting quarterbacks and so i assume that he just wanted to get what he thought was hurts handcuff at the time the trade was made ritter had just lost his job to heineke so maybe he thought in his mind this was just a backup for a backup i'll give you atlanta's backup and you give me uh, the backup that's going to be the, the handcuff to Jalen Hurts. Even so, if that's why I did it, Ritter's draft capital demands that his dynasty value remain way higher than Mariota's. Uh, and then add to that the fact that Atlanta announced this week that they were returning to Ritter as their starter, making this trade even more lopsided. Very strange trade in a super flex league. Don't agree with it. Whoever got Desmond Ritter definitely got the better end of that deal. In that same league, there's one team that's really trying to make a run for the uh, playoffs and another team that's really just just decided it's time to rebuild. And this trade went down in that league. Marquise Brown and Romeo Dobbs and a 2025 first-round pick. So Marquise Brown, Dobbs, and a 2025 first-round pick, all for one Cooper Cup. Like I said, a competitive team is loading up for a playoff run, and Cup was the player that he wanted so much that he'd he'd be willing to give away three players for one. And the team that traded for the package, like I said, he did a great job acquiring one young player in Dobbs, one older player in Brown, and a first-round pick. Now, Cup's injury this week puts a damper on how this trade looks now. Definitely does. That's going to be terrible news if Cup doesn't come back. But if he recovers quickly and gets back to himself, things may look differently by the time the fantasy playoffs hit. And this Cooper Cup trade could really be significant for helping this one team make his playoff run. I'm just not a big fan of Marquise Brown. Um, but I love Dobbs' upside and how he's become Jordan Love's favorite red zone target, so I like that. And of course you like that you're going to have a few, for future first-round pick, even if it's two years out. That's going to help this rebuilding team all the way into 2025. I understand what both teams are trying to accomplish here and see it as a great contender with pretender trade. You know, kind of a, a contender uh, trading with a rebuilder trade makes perfect sense. And hopefully Cup will bounce back and help this competitive team in their playoff run, if not... He's going to be really sad about this trade. Next would be, uh, last trade was Baker Mayfield. Another, Another crazy trade, in my opinion, here. Baker Mayfield was traded for DK Metcalf and Isaiah Pacheco. Metcalf and Pacheco for one Baker Mayfield. So the reigning champ in this league is a competing team, and he is in this, it's a one quarterback league too, but all of his quarterbacks were injured or on bye weeks. And so he traded quite a lot to get a quarterback to help and he overpaid, and he lost his game this week because I'm the first-place team, and I smashed his team, and so my goodness, to pay up for Baker Mayfield uh, by paying Metcalf and Pacheco, I mean, this makes sense. If it was a super flex league, on paper, that would just be like, oh, I could see that, but my goodness, this was not in a superflex league. It was just a regular one-quarterback league where someone really paid a lot for Baker Mayfield, uh, props to the, the manager who actually saw that he was without a quarterback and made this offer and got uh, a bundle for it. Pretty crazy. Oh, well. Sometimes you never know what people are thinking. Maybe I'm reading the room wrong, but I like to give you trades that actually take place in my, my leagues with other Dynasty Freaks. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail. Dot com. That's Dynasty Freaks with two E's. Much better on email than I am on Twitter. So that's the best way to contact me. I say it every week, but I would be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted and independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Think freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.